0: Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Welcome back. This week, I'm going to talk all about holidays. I'm not sure why I feel qualified to talk about this on my own. I had reached out to a couple of friends who work in the travel industry, but unfortunately they weren't available. But I do want to talk about this subject because I'm off to the UK for summer. Um, I'll be leaving in about a month. And also, there's been a couple of trips over the years that have either had a Lasting positive impact on my life, or have um in hindsight probably not been the best choice to make, and I've learned a lot from let's say a negative holiday experience um it's something that I hope everyone can benefit from having a holiday. I don't know whether people give it enough thought, and that was probably evident when my sister came to stay is that I think in hindsight we probably did a holiday experience that wasn't really what my sister wanted, and it got me thinking, and I've been thinking about this topic for a few weeks, so I'm going to just jump straight in, and there's lots to cover about how to go about a holiday, what sort of holiday to do, how to make sure you're insured, I'm going to share some really awful stories of previous holiday accounts, and then the importance of making sure you get the right holiday experience for you, because... We don't have that many holidays comparatively to the rest of our life and um, in the year it probably only makes up, I don't know what the average is, but I'm assuming two weeks, two, three weeks. Maybe we have four weeks off work if you have a nine to five conventional job, but it's not a lot of our life and yet we kind of work to enjoy the holidays. So I think it's important that we think about a couple of key points before embarking on a trip. So holidays obviously they are taken as a way to, well, lots of reasons, but usually to escape the um, day-to-day experience of life, which does beg the question and often um, makes me wonder, why do people sometimes replicate their life on holiday abroad? So, Some people love their life, which is fantastic. Hopefully everyone does, but not everyone does. But some people will replicate the type of experience they have, the day-to-day kind of living experience when they go uh, overseas. To me, I certainly don't approach a holiday with that kind of approach in mind. But what I would say is, what are you trying to get out of your holiday? When you book a holiday... You're probably either going to go to relax, to sightsee, to soak up the culture, to do something philanthropic, so to um, volunteer, to work, to meet friends. There's going to be an, an overriding um, reason as to why you're going. So I think that's really important to get that clear in the first place. I say this because my sister came out here, and I'll keep referencing this last trip. She came to the um, to stay with me for two weeks Really, I think her main purpose for a holiday was to try and relax, whereas there's so much to see and do in Australia that probably it wasn't the best place for her to come. Um, obviously, part of the reason she came was to see me, but really, if she'd thought about what the main outcome she wanted um, before she booked the flights, they possibly would have ended up in sort of an all-inclusive beach holiday in Europe somewhere. So you have to consider what is it that you want from your holiday And there are so many options, and I've certainly experienced a lot of them. I've done working holidays, I've done volunteer holidays, I've done walking holidays, I've done sightseeing holidays. I haven't really done the relaxing holiday. Um, That's not my forte. I love to explore. So I, I prefer to go somewhere that is vastly different to where I've just left. So usually in Asian country or in Europe or... Just somewhere with a completely different culture. So figure out what do you want from the holiday. Next up, finances. Obviously, holidays can be very expensive. They can be done on a shoestring. Figure out, is that going to be something that is going to be a huge contributing factor to your enjoyment level? Are you going to be spending so much that you get stressed and you resent the cost of everything? Are you going to be spending so little that you feel like you can't really enjoy it? Have you saved up for years, in which case you're probably going to be counting your pennies when you're away? Obviously, check the exchange rate. I've made that mistake before where I haven't been up to date with the market. I'm sure some of you listening to this will probably turn off in the next few minutes because you'll think, well, this is all kind of obvious stuff, but I have to admit, sometimes I don't give it enough thought and maybe this is me just giving myself a bit of a lesson in in how to holiday and how to approach it but you've got to consider um how much money you're going to spend when you're over there is it worth spending the money I just popped back to see my dad and to surprise him for his 70th as some of you will know if you listen to this pod and the cost of it was a consideration obviously the cost of flights have increased drastically since covid but something like that i don't believe you can put a price on seeing the surprise on my dad's face was worth every penny um i think it's important to get a comfortable budget in mind and then once you're there wherever you go to as long as you know that you're spending roughly your daily allowance you don't have to stress about um a penny here a penny there you know you can just enjoy yourself and from hindsight over the years at the time when you're agonizing over oh should we do should we invest in this experience should we pay for this trip should we um get on a ferry across to this island or whatever at the time obviously it's a um considerable amount of money to have to contemplate whether it's worth it but guaranteed you're not going to remember Two, three, four years down the line. So I would always say, do the experience. You're probably never going to be back there again. Worry about paying for it afterwards. If a holiday goes over by five hundred dollars, whatever. Obviously, don't go completely going paying above your means, but you're not going to you're not going to feel the pinch, but you will have that extraordinary experience and memory. So I just remember, just on to, top of my head, Malta. I went to Malta on a school netball tour, of all things, and there was this experience that we could pay to go up to this castle, kind of old ruin, and then there was this chocolate delicatessen at the top and the view over the city, and it was all stone, and it was something from, like, the medieval times. It was incredible, magical. And I remember this hot chocolate... And the cost of it was like the cost of a meal. And I was still at school, so it was quite a lot of money for me. But I am so glad that I paid it for this hot chocolate because it was the best hot chocolate experience of my life. And um, I'll always have that memory now. And I sat there and I soaked in the atmosphere and the, the, um, the view. So sometimes you've just got to throw caution to the wind and experience it because you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna worry about that money after but you're certainly gonna live off the experience so that is also a massive reason why i go on holiday and post covid it was really really hard for so many people not being able to travel because travel ignites the imagination it um gives excitement it breaks the routine I mean we know the benefits of travel um, for the sense of adventure for um, newness and change and it just it's great for the soul um, experiencing new new things so um, that for me is a massive reason why I travel and now even more so post COVID and having three years of not being able to travel, I make sure that that is a huge component of my holidays is a sense of adventure. So, I personally will do a walking holiday or a trek, a kind of an alpine mountainous experience, just to make sure that I am really bedding down and soaking up f- memories that I can then draw on later. So, I'm craving a holiday. I'm going back to England in about five weeks' time, but I'm still fueled from the holiday I had in Italy, climbing the Dolomites last year. Because I've got all of those memories. I've got the photos that I was flicking through a couple of weeks ago. But I can I can use that experience to sort of tie me over for my next trip. Um, so I know I know not everyone approaches a holiday in that way, but for me, the benefit of of having all those wonderful experiences means that I can kind of live the experience again in my memory um and that keeps me keeps me going in a way I don't know how to word it any differently but certainly a um a consideration is do you want to have lots of beautiful memories and experiences and different cultural um experiences when you're away or do you just want to chill out um This is all obviously coming from a perspective of someone that doesn't drink. I do appreciate that a lot of people will go on a holiday for the culinary experience or to a beautiful winery or um, to have a party, to have a rave, go to Ibiza and go clubbing. So yes, of course it depends on your objective when you're on holiday. One thing I would say is that you're not necessarily going to enjoy the same kind of holiday as your partner or your friends. And that's okay. I believe that's absolutely fine. And holidaying on your own can be incredible. It forces you to connect to new people and talk to the locals. But you get to do whatever you want, whenever you want on your schedule. And most people are lovely. Most people actually, if you say, oh, I'm traveling alone, will invite you to join them if you're at a dinner or if you're out clubbing or if you're on an experience. I personally, uh, yeah, I probably would say I've done more solo trips than I have with family and friends and absolutely love them. And even when I've been away on like sports tours or I've been on family holidays um, or if actually I couldn't travel on my own when I was with friends in India but um, I always try and go off on my own because I just am obsessed with exploring I'm really really curious so don't be afraid just make sure you're going somewhere safe and I would really recommend if you're a bit scared to book a whole week or more try a little weekend away but I see no shame or embarrassment or weirdness from traveling alone and you can be really selfish it's pretty incredible So yes, definitely a recommendation. Okay, so I'm going to share with you a reason why I went away and why it was absolutely awful, a horrible experience. So the intention has to be right. Um, I know that sounds weird, but I went to India. I went for 12 days and I solely went because I felt like I had FOMO and I really wanted to try and connect and stay connected with a group of friends. So they were housemates and then friends of these housemates. And I just wanted to be involved. But actually, I didn't want to go to India. I had no intention of enjoying a sightseeing trip. Driving, if you've ever been to India, is treacherous. It's really noisy. It's really stressful. Um, The roads are not very well made. And it's just chaos everywhere. And we traveled over 2,000 kilometers in 12 days. I got zelly belly and it was just awful. And every day I wanted to leave and actually looked at options to fly home. And in the end, I stuck it out. I was miserable. And it was because I really wanted to connect and Actually, what happened? I deeply offended my housemate who's from Bahrain because she could see that I really struggled with India and she took it personally that I didn't like her culture, which translates as I didn't like her, which obviously isn't the case. Um, Nightmare. So make sure your intention is right and make sure the holiday suits the intention as to why you're going away. And then the second kind of um thing to watch out for are scams so I've certainly been scammed if it feels too good to be true then it is and I know that sounds super obvious luckily now quite a lot of airlines and booking places have to have a guarantee of a refund just because of covid so that's probably a positive that's come out of covid I had a trip to Tasmania booked that couldn't go ahead because they shut the borders. So I got a refund and then I had a trip to New Zealand booked that I only had to pay when I arrived. So they took my details, but I didn't have to actually pay. I got a full refund. Um, so those those sort of things, make sure you look at the small print. Um, I've done a few cheaper options. My last one was just this new year, just gone. And I went to Bali to do it looked incredible online a health wellness retreat. It had everything from candle making to meditation to yoga to local drum um lessons to essential oil making, all these things. What we realized when we got there is that the person who organized the trip was from and um, based in Ch- in China. She'd paired up with a French yoga instructor. She'd taken photographs from the websites of the places where these activities were being run by, but alluded to, to it being our accommodation. As it turns out, the accommodation was sort of an unfinished, disused swimming pool with these sort of half-built, I guess, I don't know what, they're like, little bungalow kind of units, but they weren't properly finished, the wiring's still hanging out. Some of the, the back walls were missing and all this. So I remember thinking, oh, this seems quite a good a reasonable deal, obviously. Uh, I hadn't checked, because I now will, will check. I hadn't checked reviews, and I hadn't checked um, that this business and company had been... Um, running for long a long time or however long I hadn't checked at all so I hadn't done my due diligence and therefore ended up having to get back in a taxi spent nine hours in a car that day and absolutely last minute changed the plans lost loads of money really stressful arrived back in um ubered on Christmas Eve at 11 p.m at night um uh, long story short really, really, really stressful, turned into a fantastic holiday in the end. So um, thanks to some lovely friends, had some suggestions and um, hopped to Nusadua so an island south of Bali. But because I hadn't really done my research, I was essentially scammed. The problem is, I don't like and this is probably personal preference. I don't like to look too much. I don't want to research too much because I don't want to give it away. I like the surprise. I don't want to know what my room's going to look like before I open the door. I want to know that there's the facilities, but the best way to get a really good idea is reviews. There are so many reviews now online. Um actually when I was booking at 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve in Bali, There was a few places, again, that seemed really perfect, the photos look really nice, no reviews. So obviously, they probably were just fake. So I would suggest look at the reviews, look at the general area. Often the accommodation looks really great, but then it doesn't necessarily tell you how far away it is from all the main sites and the public transport and um, all the things. So Sort of look around if you want the surprise, look around the accommodation or look around the um location just to make sure that it ticks the boxes that you want. Obviously, beach holiday, don't go where well, if it even if it advertises beach resort amazing five star, but it's actually nowhere near the beach, it's just called beach resort. Obviously, all of this is very very obvious, but the kind of thing that I didn't used to do because I would just love to go on a whim and and surprise myself. One thing that I learned when I was 15, I think, I was really stressed with my mock exams, and I took myself to Tunisia. So I booked a flight. Um, I'd been working from the age of 12, so I'd saved up some money, and I went to an all-inclusive sort of club med situation I was naive and um, young, and I hadn't comprehended, I'd had no experience of the culture of Tunisia and the way that the men would perceive me, treat me. I was a bit of an anomaly, it was a bit confusing. They assumed I was there to find a husband. Um, Couldn't be, obviously, further from the truth. Uh, I was actually quite scared I'd go for a little walk on the beach and get like harassed and I found it really confronting because I didn't know that that was normal for them and I didn't know to expect that and I was probably putting myself in a really dangerous situation because I did leave the resort and I would go out on day trips and quad biked in the sand dunes and and walked around to experience the local markets and things but Obviously, being a 15, 16-year-old, I can't remember exactly how I was, but being a young woman, probably really dangerous. Also, I had an experience in India where, and again, I take responsibility for this, but naively, I hadn't done my research, and I went for a jog because why not? Like, I want to stay fit and, and, and have a little run, and I was really stressed after hours in the car. But I got spat at because I supposedly I guess I wasn't allowed to go running unchaperoned or maybe I hadn't covered up in the appropriate way I do remember putting something over my hair and covering my arms and legs but for some reason there was lots of shouting and I didn't understand what they were saying and then it resulted in me sort of stopping and and sort of trying to be polite and then someone spat at me so make sure you are culturally aware of nuances in um, Japan say um it's actually really rude to be eating in certain places I rocked up and I was eating a banana at check-in and this caused a bit of a kerfuffle because I was in the foyer and I didn't quite understand but essentially they needed me to eat on the platform that was where people ate their meals um and then certain places I think China you're not allowed to show your feet um it's just good to have a bit of a heads up and knowledge around cultural differences Shaking hands is is kind of rude in some places. Um, obviously, if you go to France, you do the kiss, kiss, kiss. So you might be a bit thrown if some someone as you don't know kisses you three times on the cheeks or whatever. But yeah, just read up about cultural um, ex- what to expect culturally when you go somewhere, and that can be really helpful as well to show respect, and therefore you're probably more likely to be treated in a nicer way and lastly I would recommend working abroad so I have been very very fortunate to have traveled to more countries than my age but I would say at a quick tally I've probably worked in 15 different countries and it's fantastic because you could enjoy for a week or two after you've completed the job you can then enjoy the country you're in, but also you can experience everything without having to worry about cost, and um, get paid whilst you're whilst you're there soaking up the culture. So when I go away back to the UK in a few months, or sorry, in a few weeks, I will be working over the summer. So I'm going to be there for six weeks, and I'll have my weekends free, and that way I can be there and enjoy it without the stress of the finances. So. There's usually jobs you can pick up that they don't require a long commitment um, or you can volunteer, but there's always a way. So for anyone that's listening that think, God, I just love a holiday, I just need to change, I want to get out um, of the routine and the rut of life, but I can't afford it. Have a little look-see at volunteer positions because they usually cover your um, travel um, or jobs. There's, um, There's so many different jobs you can do and um, experience a new place at the same time so a bit of a strange one a bit of a a unique one I do hope that I get my friends on so they can talk about different holiday hacks and maybe um, funny holiday experiences they've had through their work in the travel industry but otherwise I hope that has been somewhat interesting and maybe a little bit insightful and enjoy your travels guys